Hey guys, welcome to Mr. Metaphysicals. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm your host, Chude Bonello, a.k.a. Mr. Metaphysical. Uh, I want to begin today just talking about, uh, first, this consciousness revolution has taken place. It's absolutely amazing. Um, I still recall, I still remember uh, being in my Christian fraternity in 2006, and I was I went to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, so that was always uh, something serious and special to me at the same time because Chapel Hill is Chapel Hill, a city on the hill. So to be a Christian fraternity, um, I felt like we were, you know, a city on the hill, so to speak, in the realm and the world of Christianity, kind of like Notre Dame or, you know, Notre Dame, whatever. But I still remember in 2006, um, discovering the metaphysical truths of the Bible, it, it, it hit me over the course of, I had a seven to eight day awakening that really just shook my world. I didn't know what to believe anymore. I didn't know what to stand on. And I ended up having a vision, a vision of meditation, telling me to pay attention to the words I saw on the screen within the realm of my consciousness. Like I'm in the meditation, I see that come on the screen of my mind. And I see a being in me that I didn't like. This is the first time I've ever seen something in my meditation. Like I've seen golden chalices like the Holy Grail. I've seen heard music, you know, it's actually in Spanish. But anyway, this is the first time I've ever seen something in my meditation. And I see this little being who is in me. And it turns out later on that that would be cancer. But at the time, I'm seeing something that says, pay attention to the words I see on the screen. And what I saw was Sanskrit, but I didn't know it at the time. So it took me three weeks to find that language that I saw, the letters. And when I saw that language, which I believe is the original language that created the world that wrote the spheres, it's, the, it's one of the only two true languages I believe on Earth. Well, anyway, basically, I... I'm in my meditation, and I'm in it for like an hour, hour to two hours, and I, and yeah, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't do that long anymore, but I, I wish I had that much time, but I was young, I, I was in college, and I see the words, pay attention to these words, I see the Sanskrit, I find it, it takes me three weeks to find it, and it turns out it's connected, I believe at the time, to the language and the words I see in the Bhagavad Gita. So as I see the, the language of the Bhagavad Gita, which translates, it's an Eastern Hindu text, which translates to the Song of God, I have a tough time. At the time, I'm staunchly Christian. You know, I still consider myself Christian, but I'm staunchly Christian to the point that I'm not really open to other worldviews. But I decide to go ahead and take a look and... What I agreed with myself that I would do is replace the word Krishna with Christ. So every time I would read Krishna, my brain would say Christ. And at this time, I'd been studying consciousness and symbols and philosophy, religion, and we'd study the unconscious and the subconscious mind. And I learned that words were, you know, merely words that were symbols of something else, you know. So, for example, a table, the word table doesn't connect, isn't necessarily a table. A table 
in one language is mesa in another language, Spanish, and another, another word, another language, another word, another language. So at this time, I began to really, I was really big on imagery. This is the beginning of me learning to visualize my world and to pray with images. Um, we could talk about that again a certain time. But I still remember, this is 2006. Um, around this time period, 2006, that I, I began to walk around the campus with the Bhagavad Gita. And I didn't just order it, you know, quick. I looked at it online, and they talked about the different ages of man. The college, they talked about the different yugas. And, they, and the yugas were, you have to correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. You have to correct me if I'm wrong. But the yugas were ages, and the ages were every so, I think the ages were 26,000 years. I can't remember. At that time, I just remembered it was mind-boggling because my brain was saying that the, the world was created in 6,000 years, you know. You know, I don't know if I ever fully believed that, but I really understood that no matter what, Jesus was walking the earth in the last two, three thousand years. So within the last two thousand, pretty much. So I realized that the last age of man, they gave different ages, ages of man and the characteristics of the different ages of man. And the last ages of man, um, the Kali Yuga, I realized that every religious text I'd ever read was in the Kali Yuga. And in the Kali Yuga, they said it was a very wicked age. They said this, in this age, a man and woman will marry each other based off physical attractiveness. A woman will be more of a woman because of her sexual prowess in the bedroom. A man will be considered more of a man because of his sexual prowess in the bedroom. They said... You'll know what somebody does by the cloth they wear. And I was like, what? They said, you'll be able to tell what job somebody does by the way they dress, the cloth they wear. A priest will be a priest because he wears a cloth. (laughs) This is funny to me now. Back then I was like, wait, I don't understand. I thought that's the way things are. And I thought that's the way things have always been. So just by seeing that little intro... I said, okay, I'm buying this book. So I bought the Bhagavad Gita, the Song of God, and it's a story about, you know, pretty much God, well, you'll have to to read it. You know, I don't want to say it wrong and misrepresent. It's a great book. It's just, I say, if you read that book, it'll change your whole worldview, change your life for the better. Um, Aruna has to go to war with his countrymen, his own family. He doesn't want to. He's like the righteous soldier, the Moses, I guess, so to say, in the drama. Similar story to Moses freeing the Israelites. But he's going to a war with his cousins, and he doesn't want to. And he has to make a choice between having this army or choosing to fight with God or, you know, um, Krishna. And basically he chooses Krishna, and the rest is history. It's a part of the Mahabharata. It's bigger. I still haven't read the whole Mahabharata, but there's amazing things in there. Well, anyway... I still remember 2006 and, you know, I'm in the fraternity and I'm being summoned for walking around campus with the Bhagavad Gita as a Christian, Christian leader on campus. And we decided, I remember we decided at that time that, you know, as I translated that I still believed in the biblical text and 
they would ask me certain verses and we talked about how there was a higher meaning to each verse. I was showing them that, hey, this this is really what's going on within us. This, you know, a good example is, you know, we have the kundalini, you know, within us, the solar principle, so to speak, the solar principle, man, the sun, the light within us. And I remember one time I was afraid this was going to come up because I'd meditated. I was, back then I was afraid. I know a lot of people now seek out these experiences. But this time I just really want to meditate, get closer to God and become one, become one with God. Well, now it's funny to me because we're already one with God. We just, we've apparently simply forgotten this. But at this time, I'm, I'm see, I see myself as separate from all that is, separate from the oneness of source. And I'm striving to be, to be one. And as the kundalini was beginning to raise, the heat within me, I got scared. But then I heard Jesus' words, not like as Jesus saying it. I, I mean, I wouldn't know, you know, to, to me it's the same voice. That's my same voice. I guess I can't say Jesus didn't say it. Who gave it to me? But I heard the, the, the thought, I'll say, come to my mind. And the thought says, but not an audible voice, it's a thought. My own thought is what I felt like. And the thought was, unless, but it was a soft voice, unless the Son of Man be lifted up, no man can be saved. And I realized, that's a good example of how I was taking the biblical verses that Jesus said and translating them to an inner experience. And in case anybody's wondering how, like, man, I want to have that kind of understanding or knowledge, wisdom. No, it's just if you'll, you know, meditate, purify your body, eat right, and think good thoughts and practice the art of forgiveness, you'll experience these things too, you know. And I, I hate to speak like, oh, I'm above, you know, above everybody. That's not what I'm doing. I'm saying simply what the, what my current understanding is. You know, this, this wisdom has been around for ages. Jesus would say, all you have to do is fast and pray and you'll be healed. Well, it's the same thing. The fasting is the purification part of the body and the praying thing is prayer. Um, meditation and prayer are kind of similar. They're kind of similar, pretty, pretty much similar. So, well, prayer is a spoken prayer, but meditation is more silence or focus. Well, so I still remember that that was a big deal back then. Um, now this is the, the Bhagavad Gita and Eastern religions. It seems to be as more popular. Shortly after that, I remember being in the, the real world where yoga wasn't accepted in the YMCA. As a Christian organization, you got to realize yoga is, is in the Bhagavad Gita. Yoga is a spiritual practice, first and foremost. I know here in the West, even the YMCA and the gyms, we do yoga kind of more like the body movements. But yoga is more of a spiritual practice in the sense that it unifies um, the mind and the body through the breath. So, you know, yoga is not about movements. It's about just following your breath and allowing your breath to take you through the movements or when you do those movements to actually focus on your breathing. Well, oh, Casey's thought of the day just came in. We'll have to, I have to shut that out. We'll talk about that later. But... Basically, this consciousness revolution, we are officially in the A. We're officially, well, I'm jumping around. Let me, I'll, let me slow down. I get, I get excited sometimes. Well, back then in 2006, 2007 now, when I graduated, yoga, 
I'm in the real world. It's a big deal that yoga is in the YMCA and there's some fight back, there's some kickback. Well, and I don't know if it's, you'll ever see this officially within the YMCA Wednesdays. They may say, no, that, that never took place. No, I'm talking about within the realms of traditional, I guess, modern day, at that time, Christianity. Christians didn't want yoga in the YMCA. And I remember reading articles on it and seeing that yoga was a practice of a different religion and of the devil and satanic arts, all untrue things, all things based in fear. Um, as I begin to, to see this and understand this or watch this take place, it, oh, let me get back on track. It shocks me that fast forward 10 years even before, right now it's 2020, but fast forward 10 years even in 2016, yoga was in every, yoga is now in every YMCA across the country. And it's considered normal to the point that people don't even look twice, you know? So, you know, I know a lot of people in this community are big about the Mayan calendar, the 2012 ending of the world. But I always saw that as the conceptual ending of the world. You know, I feel like we are really in that new generation, that new energy is what, the, is what we call it, is what they say. And it's just been amazing to me. You know, I think about Paul. I remember at one point I was so frustrated that people couldn't see the truths of the Bible that I... You know, I'd even stop speaking. I'm ashamed to say that I stopped speaking. I remember there was a girl I really liked. And when I lost her, based off of the things I was just talking about, um, the Bhagavad Gita and everything, I I really said, okay, I need to calm down with this. I'm an eccentric character. I didn't consider myself going on down the wrong path. I just considered it my understanding, my religion. I never doubted whether I was right or wrong. Well... Basically, and I was being shown too many signs. I'm not, you know, and I started realizing even after talking to people that, wait, if I'm being shown those signs and they're not, is it fair to say that at this time I still believed in hell? I was like, is it fair to say that they're going to hell? And so, but um, basically, this revolution has taken place. Things have really changed. This world has really changed. And it excites me to think about where we're going to be in, who knows, another year, five years, ten years, another decade, two decades from now. Man. Whew. I recently watched an interview with a scientist, a world-renowned scientist. You know he's going to be, you know he's going to go down to history by the stuff he's talking about with, um... I think it was off of Finer Minds. I'd have to, I apologize not knowing his name. And um, I have to try to pull that up. Well, maybe I may, I may do another voice insert here later to, to mark, to mark where I want to talk about this, bring his name. Well, he talks about, as say, he says that within the next decades or so we may have flying vehicles and if we have flying vehicles 
He said we could give the earth back to itself. Instead of all these roads and cars riding on the roads, we could create more vegetation, which would make the world a more greener, greener place, a more beautiful place, which coincides with everything most time travelers say they see when they travel to the, to the time 2100. And um, starting at like, tw- like 2090 is, is, is what m- when most time travelers would say this. So his understanding of that just really blew my mind. Him saying that blew my mind. It showed me that this revolution we're in is really that is really real. And if you're listening to it, this, you're already a part of the revolution. You're already into this stuff. Your vibrations are already raising. And that's exciting for me, just that the very fact that you're here. Um, basically, this has been, it's been amazing. It's, and I'm thankful to be here at this time in human history and to be a part of this ride. Um, just, I'm just amazed. But I also want to talk about something else today. I want to talk about Tina Louise Spaulding and her book she's been you know, writing recently. Hopefully one day I can get her on here. These books, if you haven't got them yet, Tina Louise Spaulding. Tina Louise and Spaulding like basketball. She has a series of books she writes. She has a free YouTube station. Um, her station is called Channeling Jesus, and her website is called channelingjesus.com. Her books have been such a blessing to me. They've really just changed my world. Um, basically, I feel like they take the current day understandings to an even higher level and show us how this world is really a world. Shows, she shows us the importance of forgiveness within our own vibration. Um, I've read, I read about forgiveness within the practices of alchemy. Uh, we'll have to talk about that another time, too. I read about forgiveness within the practice of alchemy. And at that time, I just, you know, I took it serious, but I didn't really take it that serious. It wasn't explained to me with the book I was reading. And I didn't really, alchemy kind of scared me a little bit. Not scared me, but um, off put me a little bit. Once I had a dream, not a bad dream, actually. <laughs> I had a dream that I, a girl was in the club dancing with me. And I, I, I looked at the girl, and the guy was there with me. Um, I guess, I can't remember. I, I know he was an angel or an ascended master. He's an ascended master. And... The ascended master was, was, was there with me, and he said, um, I, I, I say St. Francis, but I know his name is not St. Francis. He had a life as St. Francis, and life as Leonidas. You know, I'll flag and come back, come back to, you know, correct myself when I'm wrong on that. Well, not wrong, but just if you want to read the book to give you insight. That, that's a great book as well. That's an amazing book. We can talk about that too later. But Basically, I'd read about forgiveness in this book and its importance, but it kind of off put me when I had a dream telling me to treat the world as if it was nothing. At that time, I was very much into the world still, like saying, hey, man, I enjoy being here. Like, I want to have a good experience. Well, Tina Luisa Spaulding's books aren't like that. They more say, hey, you're here having a, a human experience engaged and it shows you how to have your best life. But her first book on relationships, Making Love to God, if I had it on me, I'd read a selection. I probably, I probably 
had it in the car with me reading, so it's not here with me. But in this book, and we'll, you know, we'll come back to it later, and maybe I'll read you a selection. In this book, she just goes deep into it. She channels um, an entity, a collective called Ananda, and and Jesus, and they tell, they teach on metaphysical truths that hands down have been some of the best I've ever heard. Um, such as the concept that the world, out the outer world is an illusion. Um, yeah, we've heard the outer world is an illusion. We've heard, um, we've heard this referenced in the different religious texts. Um, the Buddha's, in Buddha's enlightenment, he, once the devil comes and tries to stop the devil, their devil, Maya, tries to stop him. He says, oh, Maya, and their Maya means illusion. He says, oh, Maya, Maya um, these are the temptations of man you try to use to stop us. And he, he lists them out while he's sitting under the Bodhi tree. And the devil in that religion, Maya, tries to rain fire on him. But he sits there confidently, wait, willing to die for his fellow human beings to enjoy his spiritual peace. And really, these are his fears playing out, the illusion. He says, oh, Maya, these are the armies. Use lust, use money, power, fame, wealth, um, all these things. And then he says, then he uses the threat of death. He tries to rain fire on them. And the fires turn into flowers, and it's a good story. Well, that's the first time I ever saw this world called an illusion. Well, Tina, in, in her books, and she went through an amazing experience herself. You have to just pick up the book and read it. Just read her intro. Give her, give her 21 pages. I guarantee you'll be hooked. Um, basically, and 21 is just a number I always say. It's not, it doesn't really take 21 pages to get into her book. But basically, um, it's just her, her books are just something that you got to get your hands on. Don't, I mean, when, once, when I was reading her books, and I'm still midway through, I couldn't, I was like, my, the, the, the thought that came to mind is, the thought that comes to my mind is, I would hate for somebody to leave this world without reading these books, without reading this book. And at least right now, I'm currently on the one that, where Jesus comes through and speaks for the whole book. Jesus has come through in every book, but for a little bit. But this book is the autobiography of Jesus. And to hear what happened to him while he was on earth and his life, I don't want to ruin it for you. I don't want to do that. It's something that you, you got to get your hands on. Um, this modern day concept that, this blows my mind, that the outer world, we are really in our own dream. And that the outer world is a version of us. Every event we see, everything that happens out there. And I've heard Deepak Chopra say this, but not like the way Tina Louise Spaulding and um, how Jesus comes through Tina Louise Spaulding, what Jesus says through through Tina Louise Spaulding. And people say, how do you know it's Jesus? How do you know? I say, well, I mean, the bottom line is I don't care if it's Jesus speaking. What's coming through, that being speaking is dropping some real knowledge, some real wisdom that's shining a light on my path and blessing my world. And just by practicing some of the things she she taught in her book a little bit, I was able to connect with my soul team. Um, 
they came through during a tough time during my work, my work situation, my work job, my, my work life, my professional career. They came through and gave me some good advice on how to navigate my career and my life in general. I'll get some water. Basically, so those those things show these teachings to be true. Um, that if we practice this art of forgiveness, and and, and, and not the forgiveness of. I don't want to call forgiveness self-righteous. I think forgiveness is always a good thing. Let's squash beef. Let's not fight. Let's have world peace, right? But not so much forgiveness as in the righteous forgiveness of what they call the ego mind, the egoic mind saying, hey, you did this to me wrong. I forgive you. I'm now a saint. No, but the forgiveness to know that this is actually you're doing. The person slapping you, the person that's attacking you, the person that's attacking other countries, the wars, all these things are your mind and our collective minds, but your mind creating the world. That if you'll change your world, your mental world, that these things will cease to be. And these things will cease to be. That's amazing. That just amazes me. That the forgiveness is to forgive yourself. When others do you wrong, you're forgiving yourself. And this is where it blows my mind to where I had to get Tina on here someday to even teach me this. That, wait, you're forgiving yourself because it's like, I'm the cause of this. And I think that that's, that's currently my main focus. And she emphasized getting the Course of Miracles. I'm about to do my lesson right now, actually. But um, my audio, I got the audio version from... Um, I'm waiting on the book to come in. The audio is off of, Am- not Amazon, but Am- Amazon's Audible, off of Audible. Um, good book. I recommend getting the Amazon Audible, though, after you got the book. Um, it's hard to, they give you daily lessons in, in Audible. They don't really say day one, day two. They just kind of run together, and you don't know. You're not supposed to do more than one lesson per day, but then you find yourself listening to three lessons and you're like, oh man, I didn't mean to. I wanted to, I'm trying to really have this self-growth here and grow spiritually. Well, it's just, and, that, and we're going to have to talk about that too. You know, I don't want to hit, hit us with too much today. I'll try to keep it short. I know I've been talking for a while, but the Course of Miracles books is just amazing. You know, I think there's something they say that's, they say something like, Nothing real. Jesus said he's the author of it. He said he came through and gave it to Helen Schumann and the other author. I forgot the guy in in our last century in the 1970s, towards the beginning of the age of Aquarius. We're currently in the age of Aquarius. We're no longer in the age of the two fish, the Pisces, the Piscean age. But um, he gave it towards the beginning of the age of Aquarius. And he said that this time, this is a time that we were finally ready for it. Well, it's just, you know, not to get sidetracked, because I'm really talking about Tina Louise Spaulding's book, but it's just amazing. I think he says something along the lines in The Course of Miracles as he says, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing real exists. Something that just blows my mind. I have to look it up. And 
you know, maybe maybe correct it and add it here later. But it's something that is just really, really, really amazing. The truth of that book and what I'm already learning from the audio version, what I'm hearing um, shows that this is just, it's, just, it's exciting to be on the right path. Um, oh, I got to plug my website, future website, the right path starts here dot com. Just got to pl- plug it. But um, don't, didn't mean to do that. Just emanated from me. But basically, guys, I'm just excited. I'm excited for this age. I'm excited to uh, be here during this growth. I'm excited to be doing I'm excited to be doing this podcast. I'm excited to be and, and reach out to me. Reach out. If you want to be on this podcast, if you want to um, correct me if I'm wrong. This is a this is a place where I want to be corrected, and if you just don't believe, just if you just say this is a lot of hogwash, I want to hear from you, um, and and I'll, ideally, you know, we could find a way to settle it. Maybe get some psychics on here to say to settle our dispute, or have you be hypnotized, or who knows? But um, this is the age we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We're definitely gonna get this done. But thank you guys. I'm going to bring this to an end today. And it's been a pleasure. Um, Love y'all.